welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab-and-go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant-based, gluten-free, dairy-free and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Hi, it's Liberty from Well Life Tribe, and I'm here today with Kat from Well Life Tribe, and we're joined by the very, very cool in name and in person, Jenny Pink. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure, one hundred percent. First of all, I know you can't see Jenny, but you have the best hair I've seen in ages. Like, <laughs> really, that's so cool. Like, I really want to go and do a that lot now. of eighties hairspray going on here. <laughs> it's yeah. so cool. I love the color. Thank I love the everything. I love oh, your hair. Thank you. Um, Jenny, I'm going to get you to introduce yourself and tell us what you're all about in a minute. But um, we're very excited to have you. And last night, <laughs> this is the first time we've met you, but last night Kat was texting me and saying, oh my God, you're going to love her. She's freaking awesome. I know. And um, then emailed me over basically a little rundown of who you are and all about you. And, and your journey. It made, it was like, um, I don't know if anyone's got kids. I've had to watch a lot of Marvel movies because I've got an 11 year old son and I was like, oh, this is like a Marvel origin story of how someone became a superhero. I'm just I like, I love this. I love Do not it. ever complain again when you've read Jenny's profile, you literally. Are, yeah. You just oh, like, you, you can't say I can't, I can't because you definitely can if you're Jenny Pink. So Jenny, tell us a little bit about yourself. If you can even summarise it into a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, I will just tell you a little bit about um, myself and how I got into this. I mean, I'm Swedish. I've lived in this country for 25 years. Uh, I had a couple of years of just kind of floating about in, in Europe, um, doing bits and pieces, and then I came to England. And I have done a lot of other jobs before, uh, before I became a nurse. Yeah, what were they? Could you just tell us about those? Do you want to? Yeah, just you, you put a couple of those down here, which I'm just like, I'm sorry, what was that? What have yeah. I put there? Um, <clears throat> well, what I did before I became a nurse, you mean, or yeah. within my nursing? Well, just no. a little uh, bit of your... Well, I mean, I did... But b- before I became a nurse, I, I I did loads of boring jobs. They're not really worth talking about. Uh, I mean, I was... I te- don't believe you. I, I, I was a teaching... Ass- I was a teaching assistant for many years, which where my love for children and families and behavioral difficulties and neurodevelopmental disorders and everything, that's when that kind of came up. And I was then pregnant with my second child and I took a break from work, obviously being um, off on maternity leave and I thought I need to do something with my life more than a, a teaching assistant, nothing wrong with teaching assistants, but you know, the money's not that great. So I wanted an, a career. So I went into nurse, I went into mental health nursing, wanted to be a pediatric nurse, but actually I slipped in on the mental health bit because they had spaces and pediatric didn't have spaces. Right. And then within three weeks, I was sold. Mental health was like coming home. It was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. I want to work with this. And how funny, that, was, that wasn't what you were aiming uh, at. Well, it, wasn't, it wasn't at all. I'm like, oh, I'm going to go on to do mental health. And maybe when some of the pediatric nurses can't handle it, they will kind of leave their course and I'll take their place. And that was my plan. But actually the people I met, the tutors I had, it was, made me think, oh my God, mental health is such 
such a broad area. I could choose anything I want to do if I just get this qualification, which was amazing. So Can I just stop yeah. you there? Because when you did this, mm-hmm. how old were you and what was the situation in life when you... I was 30, I started, uh, I decided to go go to university when I was 33, I think. I did not have any A-levels because I left college in Sweden uh, to to go travelling, so I didn't have any A-levels. I managed to do an NVQ as a teaching assistant. So I was going to sell myself on that. So I went to my <laughs> university interview with an NVQ3 in teaching assistance and said, you are going to give me a place. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and you had kids at this point, didn't I you? I had two kids at this point. I had a 10-year-old daughter and my um, my son was uh, nine, month old, nine months old when I started uni. Wow. And um, were you... In a relationship at this point? I was uh, in a relationship. Uh, I was married uh, in my... I mean, things were wobbly even then, but we kind of... I hanged on to my marriage till my second year of university when I had to ask him to leave. I went through sort of the divorce at the time. All while you were still studying? I was also going through bankruptcy because things that happened during divorce and I was trying to study to become... A nurse so that was a really quite looking back now it was a bleak time in my life and I can't I, but you I, didn't stop doing I it don't, I don't know how I got through it but I did day by day just by kind of taking one step in front of the next day by day and my children were my inspiration because I, I wanted something better for myself wow. I want I wanted a career I wanted something so my kids were the ones that spurred me on although they were Do you ever look back at that point and go I don't know how I did that. Yes, <laughs> quite often, quite often. Yeah. Quite often I look back and, and uh, I go, oh God, we, uh, I actually went to food banks. I uh, had two emergency loans from the social services office or social, whatever they're called, uh, the social security office, uh, where the, you get the dole and that. So I had two emergency loans. I had one emergency loan from university just to get through the day. What doesn't kill you make you stronger, right? Oh my. <laughs> As she says, I love that. That is so good. I mean, that is incredible. Yeah. And you know, because a lot of people don't realise that you can get through those struggles. But you, you you've just, you know, you like can. I said to you earlier, you are like the J.K. Rowling of this <laughs> of mental nursing. health nursing yeah. world. Because actually, you, that is a struggle. It is a struggle. I personally, I think that whatever we go through in life, we, when we have time and and. Um, serenity to be able to look back and reflect which you can't always do at the time uh, then I think you should find strength in these moments in your life when when you are struggling you won't see it at the time but when you look back I think I feel yeah that was pretty cool I did that and most important in all of this it has showed my children that that you can achieve things with having a bit of tenacity and a bit of, you know, willpower and, And like, not not giving up sort of attitude. So how old did you say your oldest child was? My oldest child was uh, 10 when my uh, middle boy was born. Right. Um, And so now she's 24. So she was quite aware of everything that was She She was aware. She was aware of, obviously, the breakup because um, all of that. She was struggling a bit, you know, in school because of everything that was going on. She has been, I mean... We are now 
like kind of really good friends, obviously because she, she's 24. But at the time, even at the time, we were just such a team, and uh, she never complained about anything. We always had food on the table. We always had a house. We lived in a council house, but it was absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, kid, my kids didn't moan about anything. I think they. They didn't know that we were struggling in such an extent we were struggling. Because yeah. you were protecting because them. Because I I didn't them. actually feel like we were struggling because there were food banks, there were, you know, I felt quite lucky that there were yeah, people around I to mean, help me. Oh, gosh. Your mental health must have been pretty rock solid to be able to carry everybody through that kind of time. I mean, you must have been coming from a pretty solid foundation yourself. Um, funny you should mention that. <laughs> I, I probably was at the time, right. but there was a time when I finished university and I started my first job when I allowed myself to crumble. Right. Um, and uh, I did then have a couple of hard years right. within my mental health where I did struggle. I had very much negative thoughts. I was self-medicating with sort of... Bottles of wine, um, bad food, didn't exercise and all of that. So I, I think it did hit me at some point. Yeah. And I think you have to be mindful of that. Right. Whatever struggles you go through, I think it's bound to hit you at some point in, in some way. It will yeah. catch you up. It, it will catch you up. And let, I mean, I would argue that even the strongest person will have. I don't think that people, female, male, whatever, when they go through that kind of, I need to provide for my children, I need to get through the next day, you don't allow yourself to be weak. Okay. If that makes sense, you don't allow well, yourself. you're trying to support everybody else it, it, around well, you, Well, exactly. You? you are just in survival mode. Yeah. You bang, 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 bang. Yeah. And then when all of a sudden, okay, I've got when my the, job when the, now. When the peace comes. Exactly, the peace yeah. comes and you go, oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. How did I do that? I can now allow myself to be a bit sad about shit. <laughs> that yeah. happened. Well, sometimes you just go, you, and that's the point where sometimes people don't look back and then suddenly when it stops, yeah. you go, oh, oh my goodness, that just happened? Yeah, what exactly. happened? And then you go, and it, yeah, yeah. yeah. I and, mean, I, and, I, and I just think um, that's okay as long as you are aware that it's happening. Yeah. Because I think when you... Were uh, you aware? I was aware to a certain degree because it just crept up on me rather than coming as a big bang it crept up on me and um and i slipped into some unhealthy habits but i was aware yes and i think my training and mental health the things i'd been through with with my kids and kind of all of that made me more um aware of being reflective and being able to say, well, actually, something is not right, or, you know, I'm struggling a bit, so, yeah. So how old were your children when that was going on? The struggle? Yeah. Um, I think my daughter was probably 14, 15. My uh, middle son was four or five, yeah. 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 So, um, again, I, I'm hoping that they weren't too aware of, of, of me struggling, because, again, I think you have different sides to yourself. You mm -hmm. have the ones you put on, and then you have the struggles at night time, right. when you're on your own. Yeah. And I think, as a mother, I think we're all pretty good at keeping up, or fathers as well, potentially, keeping up that front Until when they you go have to. to and, yeah. and then you go to bed, and then you kind of allow yourself to crumble a bit. But, you know, always getting up in the morning, always going to work, always providing. I think it's really, really true what you say about that, though, don't you? In terms yeah. of women, mothers. Yeah. You know, like, if you feel like your world is slightly crashing, mm. you're just like, no, it's okay, it's okay. It's okay. All right, night. Yeah. And yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know, like you go, oh my Done. God. Exactly. Yeah. And that, you know, funnily enough, what we talked about the other day, uh, 
that is when you get things like you know not sleeping well and and things like that and yeah. that then impacts that on your aid you know yeah. and it's like a vicious circle so to but the first bit is to recognize okay i'm struggling a bit now absolutely normal yeah. uh people struggle in life and what what can we do about it yeah and yeah. these you know like <laughs> when the, the struggle is kind of thing is like you even you know working the job that you mm. did mm. or do mm. you still we're all human aren't we mm-hmm. so these of crashes come and we you know we we burn you know of like for a bit but then we have to recover from this yeah. Yeah. Um, and then that's another part of your kind of journey then, because you actually, so could you want to tell us about what you do? Oh, like, oh of course. Yeah, <laughs> like finish, of, finish the story, yeah, finish yeah. the story. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, so what I did, I started off as a newly qualified nurse in a very complex specialist team, working with complex young people. And that was, that was an amazing experience, uh, trying to sort of prevent young people going into hospital because we understand that uh, young people should be at home with their families when they're struggling with mental health. They shouldn't be sort of carted off to a hospital necessarily unless they need to. So this service was really, really important in my development as a nurse. You know, I could see really ill young people and follow them through their journey to recovery, work closely with schools, parents, uh, social care and all of that. Uh, So I did that for about five, six years, I think. And then I went into... um, working for the police, which was, um, well, criminal justice system, so police and magistrate courts. Um, what and area was that? That was in Guildford. Right, okay. So in Surrey, so we got um, three custodies in Surrey, so that's, um, you know, staying in Salisford and, and Guildford, so I was rotating between that. And I saw some, and this was adults, by the way, so I worked for five years with children, and all of a sudden I was working with adults Whoa. in prison. Not in prison, but in custody, which was really exciting. But also quite scary. So that was me out of my comfort zone. Why was it scary? Because there were adults. <laughs> and I'm used to kind of talking to children. But, you know, we're all the same. We all have the same struggles, whether we're children, teenagers, adults, older older people. We all have anxieties, uh, self-esteem issues, worries, mental health difficulties. So very transfer transferable skills obviously yeah yeah so i went into that um but it was really interesting because i learned a lot about how the police work i learned a lot about these young men that had been arrested being they labeled as bad but mm-hmm. actually they were struggling probably a lot in their childhood with trauma with um divorce parents abuse things like that so i kind of saw the end results of childhood abuse and trauma this young young men coming into prison uh, right. coming into custody so i always had a soft spot for these really troublesome young men and women coming into custody because i know that nobody wants to behave like that no. nobody and we wants... all start off the same way we all do um so we it's, all do. you know it's how you are your family is your yeah. this, your that, how you're brought up. So and that's why I'm so passionate now about working with children and uh, because I think that's where it all starts. And if we yeah. can get it right early on with children in primary school, middle school, or wherever, if we can get it right there, we will prevent young people to struggle, hopefully, in their adult life, going into the criminal justice system. Um, I take my hat off to you, actually, because a lot of people would find that really frightening in everything that you just said. Mm. I think in terms of, you know, God, that job. You know, you're dealing with a lot... Of, you're not dealing with just emotion. You're dealing with big backlogs yeah. of emotions, of yeah. the ch- the child abuse. That's hard yeah. for people to stomach, I think, actually. Yeah. How do you stomach that? I suppose... I have a really good team around me at work 
where we talk about these things all the time, okay? Because we need, we need to talk about it. We can't do a job like this in isolation because you will take on all of these emotions, you will internalize it, and you will become a wreck yourself. You know, you, we need to have clinical supervision. We need to talk about these things to stop them becoming an issue for you. Because yeah. actually there is, you know, a child speaks to me about something horrendous that's happened to them. It's not my stuff. We have to be really quite good at having that protective uh, layer on you, although it's very emotive and I could want to take some of these kids home and just be their mummy and cuddle them yeah. forever, you know. So it's not an easy thing to do to, to, to it, put that barrier up. That's oh, absolutely not. And, and I think in the beginning of my career, this has affected me much more, right. you know, and I think you become good at knowing that, you know, I am in a, I'm in a help mode now. Okay. You know, I, I, I want to m- make things better for this young person and if I start to kind of uh, kind of internalize everything that they're telling me I'm not going to be of any help okay. whatsoever yeah. you know but all, obviously it, it, it's it's a process it's a process but yeah it is very hard but what I do um, even when I speak to kind of the adults in in custody and they are big you know nasty or label a bit as big nasty you know men I see that child in them, you know, the lack of love, the the struggles they have. So I always try to think outside of the box when I see somebody, a kid who's behaving badly in in sort of inverted commas. Mm. Um, What is this behavior communicating? All behaviors is is a communication of something. So when I see adults angry, I see a lot of angry parents in A&E because they're scared. They're scared for their child, you know, and they will scream at you, get a bit you know, whatever, um, it's a behavior, but it's, what's, beha- what's behind the behavior is always an emotion behind the behavior. Yeah. So um, I try to look behind that, and that makes it easier to deal with whatever behavior you're talking about, I suppose. So with everything you've learned and, and everything in your professional life, I'm imagining your kids are really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my daughter would... And I want you to move in. She she (laughs) would love to hear you say that because, oh, my daughter is so cool. Is she? uh, She She's so cool. She is such a driving force of feminism in the music industry she that that's her thing she oh, writes wow. a music blog she's in um she works in an advertising firm in london uh, but that's her kind of side job for the record you do not look <laughs> old enough to have a 24 year old i daughter. know i am um, um I'm not, i better get myself a really good face cream. that's I'm, what i'm thinking i'm closer to 50 than 40 let's just say that can i just add if you haven't been on our instagram you've got to get on there and and have a look at jenny pink um, Cat, Cat, she, uh, she's got on that today, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, you've got to look at Jenny Pink because she's just the most beautiful. I cool. think it's denial of the aging process. Let's <laughs> <laughs> just don't put a number on it. That's what yeah, I exactly. think. Exactly. I'm imagining exactly. these uh, big guys in custody going, Who, "Who's this? Who's yeah. this they brought in here? You're sorting everybody else." <laughs> Sometimes that's a good diversion. Yeah. You know, so it has worked. Yeah. Absolutely. My kids most. are very cool, by the way. <laughs> well, I love that actually going on about your saying about your kids because when we asked you, you know, what was the biggest influence in your life, mm-hmm. you were very quickly to say your kids. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, my my biggest uh, achievement, well, I mean, I'm sure we would all say this as mothers, but um, if, if nothing else happens in my life now, ever, if I literally will just sit still and nothing else happens to me ever, I have... I've got my kids. Yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. This, this is, you know, obviously they're quite spread out. They're 24, 14, and 7. 
Uh, they are just the greatest people to be around. I could just live with my kids forever and I'll, I'll be happy, you know, just be with them and nobody else. But um, yeah, they're all my inspiration. They have taught, my daughter and I kind of grew up together in a way because I was 22 and I had her. Yeah. Um, so we have uh, learnt, I have learnt a lot of motherhood from her. I'm so lucky that she has been such an amazing patient <laughs> child to kind of uh, letting her mum develop with her, so yeah. to speak. I but mean, I, I love this because, <laughs> you know, usually at the school gates, most mums now, like, we're at school gate together, Liberty and I, mm. but we're, like, in our 40s yeah. with, you know, eight-year-old kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you've kind of, like you say, grown up with your daughter. Yeah, Can you, like, yeah. go out? Can you go out? Do you go out dancing we, together? We, 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 <laughs> yes, I, I attended a... Um, a talk that she did last night in, in Hackney in London uh, where she had a discussion panel about inclusivity and gender equality in the music industry. So I was there with some of the other mums um, and we were just trying not to heckle <laughs> the, the discussion panel. But she was um, she, she was doing that. She was amazing. And um, yeah, so and we went for a few drinks after. I was kind of kind of in her crowd and I thought, oh my God, she wants me. She wants me with her crowd. It made me feel really proud See, that I'm that sort of mum that she wants to invite to these um, events. Yeah. And she's I'm not sure too embarrassed. As, of as proud <laughs> of you are of her and her being the person she is, I bet it goes exactly the other way as well. I'm sure she'd say, Crikey, I'm so lucky <clears throat> that you chose me and I chose you I and hope here we so. are. I hope so. Do you know, so. that Jenny, you, the you, one thing that really stood out to me was that um, in your kind of bio, it said, my drive was that I was a single mom and I have these three kids and I want to work because I want a better job for them, mm -hmm. uh, a better life for mm -hmm, them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, but the work that you chose... I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. So and I'm like, it's not going to make me rich being a nurse. So, is it? That, so, that, so that made me think that yeah, this is a woman. Like, it's exactly, my passion, yeah. exactly. Yeah. What I, that's what you were put here to do. So the universe, that's what you, that was your it, work. Yeah. yeah, and and I find this quite interesting because I never dreamt of being a nurse as a kid. I wanted to be a policewoman on a horse. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> Jenny, if you see you next year and that's what you're doing. Uh, at, at one point, I wanted to be a vet. I, I wanted to be everything but a nurse. Okay, right. so sometimes you just have to trust the process and trust the universe. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's what I mean. I love it's how you fell like, into yeah. it. Just, like, I'll try a bit of nursing. Why not? And now I'm like, whoa, this was my purpose. Yes, you, you know? blow me away. So uh, I think, and I try to say this to the kids that come into A and E that, that see me in terms of exam stress, in terms of feeling absolutely overwhelmed with exam stress. I'm trying to instill in them. Actually, not many people are ever going to ask you about your GCSEs, okay? Look at me, for mm -hmm. example. Sometimes I do share a bit of my story with them that I failed uh, GCSEs in Sweden. I didn't do my A-levels. I went traveling. I was bumming around for years. Um, and actually, there is a different route to success. Yes. You don't oh, have to. Oh, I love this. Yeah, you don't have to follow the... Failure is the way to success. Yeah, well, yeah, it, I love it. it. it I love this. <laughs> Welcome to One Size Does Not Fit All with Well Life Tribe. We're sponsored by Renourish. Renourish are delicious grab and go fresh soups in a pioneering, heatable, fully recyclable bottle. Renourish soups are plant based, gluten free, dairy free, and packed with vitamins. Find them in all Waitrose stores. Can I tell you what, when you walked through the door today, I was like, hello, and you were like, <laughs> And it was just like, I like her. I really like her. There's something yeah. about you. There's something about you, though. And I can see this. 
Like, so if I think when young people meet yeah. you in the job that you do, they yeah. must just instantly like you because you are cool, actually. I mean, so, I, you're very cool. Oh, thank yeah. you. You know, thank like, you. I, I was just like, oh. I think, yeah, <laughs> I, I think liking people makes a difference. Yeah. You, know, you have a lot oh, of yeah. uh, doctors and nurses. You've got good energy there. Yeah. You walk through the door. I've only ever seen a photograph of yeah. you. Yeah. I've never even had a conversation with you until today. No, I know. And we were like, hi. You're like, hi, how are you? Good Cuddles. Night. Yeah, yeah she, I was she like, said, I'm not, I, I'm going to hug you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. Sorry, is this okay? <laughs> so obviously you're on our panel. Yeah. And Mindful Pink Elephant. Yes. Tell yeah. us more. Right. So uh, obviously I work for the NHS. I really do believe in the NHS. I believe in the, the free healthcare and all of that. I really do believe in that. But there is a big gap in many, many areas. So Man- Mindful Pink Elephant started off with a Facebook group where I kind of said I'm a nurse. I'm a CAMS nurse. I'm a uh, child and adolescent mental health nurse. Please ask me questions. I will ans- try and answer them. Okay, free advice. Email me if you, you know, that, that was how it started. Just not thinking about a business or anything. It was just, I can see a gap. People are really worried. Serving a community. What, 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 yeah. what do I do with my kids? So I started this Facebook group, this page, and people then kept asking me, oh, do you do workshops? Do you do talks? Do you do this? Do you oh, do cool. that? And I'm like, oh, never thought of that. Yeah. So then I started to... Um, do some collaborations with the local clinics and I did sort of workshop on for parents, started off with just parents, how to manage anxiety in their children. That was a really, really um, successful workshop that I run, I ran quite regularly actually. Just to stop you there, mm-hmm. so I feel like with parents' anxiety in children, that's a really big thing mm-hmm. right now. Definitely. Has that, have you seen the increase? I, well, in children with anxiety. Yeah. yeah absolutely, absolutely. And what do you think for your work, what do you think that's, all about. I um, I think it's, it's a lot of little things, okay? I think social media, massive, massive, massive uh, uh, source of anxiety for some young people, not yeah. everybody. It's all about uh, ha- how you interpret social media and, and, and sort of... For me, Facebook and, and Instagram has never, ever stressed me out. It's no. just not a But do you think that's because we're... No, because I or? have friends that have taken themselves off social media my age because uh, because they get stressed. Right, okay. So uh, some people, obviously, uh, it's affect them differently. So I'm yeah. not saying all children are affected by it, but I think it's a, a big thing about not being able to get away from uh, the pressures of life. Right. Yeah. So you go to school, you know, you might have the pressures of, you know, the pretty girl, the skinny girl, the this girl, the that girl, you know, high achiever, and then you go home and you're safe. Well, actually, nowadays you're not because you're bringing all of that home with you, the social media, the right. Instagram. So you, you have no cutoff point where you have a safe place anymore. It used to be that you had a safe yeah. place And we home. had that safe place, didn't we? We did, we did. God was, knows what would happen. Oh, no. if we even no mobile phones, point. no laptops, no... Um, we even have a black and white TV when I was little. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... So yes, definitely increase in pressures of young people. Oh God, we, you know, if I if I was to talk about my my NHS work, I see a lot of increase in the school year. It goes side by side with mocks, with um, yes. with GCSEs, with starting new new schools and classes in in September. We see an increase in NA and E presentations in self harm and all of that. It goes, and then summer really chilled. You know, as in, you know, at home. Mm. So, sun is shining and everything. So, kids, the same as adults, are very much influenced by what's going on around them, obviously. And the problem is, it's in their face 24 7. Exactly. So, it's not worse, isn't it? Yeah. I did a parenting course recently, and it was very interesting that the lady who was running it said, 
that um, the pressure in schools, mm. in education, is coming from the parents. The parents want these results. And she said, employers in the workplace mm. are starting to look less at these results. It's the parents who want them. Mm. But employers now, in these modern companies, mm. are looking for people with excellent personal skills. Yeah. They're yeah. looking for they people. They want the personality. Yeah, yeah they yeah. don't want these A-grade kind of, you know. And, mm. and, and so this woman put her hand up and said, so what are, why are we why are we doing this? What's all mm. this? You know, eleven plus and mm. A levels and mm. and the woman said because you guys want this. Mm. Yeah, it's a very it's a very British thing as well. Yeah. it's a yeah. I want you to go to the best university and mm. I want mm. you to and it's and it's wrecking our kids. Yeah, and I thought that's so yeah. interesting. But it's it's going on what we talked about this morning <laughs> about the university thing. Yeah, you know about now. It's flipping on its side. So all of these people, say in private education, mm. who are trying their hardest to get yeah. their kids to these top universities, yeah. it's not happening for them now. Right. Because they're deciding not to do that yeah. route, the universities. Yeah. They're deciding we want more state school kids in. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. And so things are flipping even more now. Mm. Um, and that, like you just said, is more of a pressure onto the parents mm. yeah. than it is for the kids. Because actually, one thing they talk about now is that um, the jobs in the future, we haven't even heard of yet. Mm. Exactly. And the we, landscape we don't know what skills changed. are going to be needed. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, and I think, um, and I like the idea of uh, the way it kind of, my understanding of the way it was, 50 years ago, 60 years ago, is that you that you get a job with a company and they kind of provide right. nurturing and mentoring and things like that. Because actually, I think, you know, uh, to have an education which is very specific to a degree or whatever, you are then thrown into something new and you almost need to kind of start from scratch yeah. because you need to learn the, the, the that company, that skill and whatever. Their so I way. think, you know, as long as you have that base passion about wanting to learn mm-hmm. and I think if anything school should be about learning how to learn or mm-hmm. learning how to be yeah. a, a sponge and learn I mean yeah. which kids are anyway we don't really have to teach them that I suppose no. learn to be but, a nice person but I think we exactly. panic <laughs> yeah. but I think there's not yeah. to be a dick yeah <laughs> it's, it's parent panic though isn't it yeah, yeah. Like I think fever. it is yeah. Yeah. it is and it is rife yeah. though and so, I don't know how does that show up in your workshop? Uh, well, it really does because when we have when I do the workshops with only the parents, okay, uh, so it's uh, usually like a two and a half hour workshop, and we always run over. It ends up being four hours most of the time, and I do it from my front room, you know. So we have tea, coffee, cake, and everything. It's very informal. Sign me up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'll bring my washing with me. I'll bring some hair dye. So um, and we talk about okay. So my kid is doing this. My kid is doing that. And I'm like, okay, all right, take a step back. We'll do some exercises with the parents first. We look at their core beliefs about their, you know, I mean, that sends shivers down my spine. (laughs) You say that. Let's analyze the parents. (laughs) That was so bad, isn't it? No, but I think think a lot of parents will then go like, oh, you know, I'm not saying it's parents' fault that kids are anxious at all, but I think... We can always uh, we can always learn from uh, from reflecting on ourselves and our uh, w- what's going on for us and, yeah. and, and how that translates yeah. into how we want our kids to be. So all that we talk about uh, techniques of how to uh, help your anxious children and language to use and things not to say and things to say and why people are ang- anxious and how it comes out. A lot of times, uh, anxiety comes out in anger. So a lot of uh, parents go, well, my kid is really angry. He needs anger management. Well, I hate the phrase anger management because it is just obsolete for me because anger is a reason for anger. Anger is a symptom of something. Mm -hmm. And just to manage anger, well, you know, you don't get to the root cause of why people are angry. Usually it's a fight or flight kind of response. Uh, My default 
anxiety um, mode is fight. <laughs> so when I so when I get anxious, to you, I'm glad you said that. I know. <laughs> so when I get anxious, I get defensive. I yeah. mean. Yeah, my ex would probably agree. I get, I, I get defensive. <laughs> my son would agree yeah. that about me. <laughs> I get defensive. I, I'm ready for a fight. You know, I'm ready to kind of hold my ground. You know, and that's. But in your life, you've had to hold yeah. your ground. And I think that's how you, you. I think when you analyze children, when you look back into their life, you think, like, well, why are they behaving like this? Why is their anxiety coming out as anger? Yeah. How can we manage that? Right. So you know, if if we can kind of reflect on our own default. Uh, anxiety response we'd be more sort of um, understanding about our children yeah. why is my child back chatting why is my child fighting in the playground well actually let's look at why I'm not let letting you go home today <laughs> I want you to meet my son I would and ask you so many things but I'm like <laughs> I know we're running out of time we're chatting no, too no, much we're not running we out yet look at the Jenny Pink podcast series <laughs> <laughs> series one two and three yeah. <laughs> So it's really yeah. interesting, though, yeah. um, because a lot of people will be listening to this thinking, God, you know, I do have an angry kid. At home. Yeah. I'm listening to this thinking yeah. my yeah. son can really let rip on me sometimes. Yeah. yeah. But I actually probably, you know, like take slight responsibility because I'm like that. Mm. You know, like I'm yeah. a yeah, I'm he, he'll like go. Rah, rah, rah. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile, my husband and my daughter yeah. flow around like yeah. they're just floating. Isn't yeah. it annoying when people are calm? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They look at us too like we're bonkers. I mean, let's yeah. look. Absolutely yeah. bonkers. Yeah. My husband goes, don't rise to it. Don't rise to it. I'm like, you can shut up as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's so true. This is my anxiety response. My I don't know why you don't shout. Yeah, yeah, you exactly. say something. You say something. <laughs> oh, that's so God, true. That's so funny. It's, I mean, it's so right, though. It's all right. We all have our default way of... And none of it is wrong. It's about... Le- it, I suppose it's about learning to recognise it and learning how to deal with it. So, you know, I'm not saying it's right for me to go out and shout at people when I get anxious, because obviously it's not it's not cool, you know. I get the sack, probably. But it, 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 but it's, it's about learning to manage that. So if your default is anger, okay, how can we manage that? Mm. If your default is to withdraw from the world, okay, how can we manage that? If mm. your default is to, you know, escape into, you know, work um, and sort of, again, fight or flight and, fr- and freeze, that's our responses. Uh, or pleasing is, is another response where we kind of our anxiety. I mean, I could talk forever about uh, the brain and our anxiety responses because it's one of my absolute core subjects of how I understand children, I suppose, because most of it is, is anxiety based. These children are anxious. So yeah. you do parents first. So they have a workshop by themselves? <clears throat> well, th- but these workshops are kind of standalone right. because I don't really have a, a system as no. of yet. So I'm just trying in my mind. So if somebody's listening and they're yeah. like, do you know, I'm feeling this with my yeah, family. Yeah, yeah, And you say, because I feel like in this day and age, parents are under so much pressure from each other. Of course. Not yeah. from, yeah. you know, we end up rather than supporting each other a lot of the time we're all on this like but what is it we're exactly trying to do do you know what I mean mm-hmm. these I believe everybody has their own journey mm-hmm. of course. Uh, and what are we trying to manipulate all the time I do yeah. feel like that mm-hmm. you know like and sometimes as parents because it's the environment that we're in mm-hmm. I, I I feel a bit like that sometimes mm-hmm. you know like and I'm like like come back come back yeah. I don't want to be this person yeah I want to be the happy child out parent yeah you know yeah. but then it's yeah. just like then you get drawn back into it and you're like no 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 I want to step back outside yeah so in terms of what you do so if say for instance my son and I came to you mm-hmm. and I 
then I come to the parent mm -hmm. version. Mm -hmm. And does he come with me, or how does it so, work? So. Uh, Usually I do a workshop just for parents and I think that's really important just to have it for the parents because we talk about we talk about their children you know we we share we share and and sometimes we just need a safe space to be able to talk about our feelings around our children you know and and, yeah. and how you know this is what I'm struggling with and and whatever so that's the kind of I mean like you said I think that would it's quite quite a good way of doing it I suppose just to have come to one of these anxiety workshops or you can have a one-to-one -one kind of session with parents which I've also done before because some people are better just kind of on their own and not in a workshop environment so I've done sessions with just the parents yeah so usually what I do the person that contacts me for for support with that with their child with the family whatever we have a, a phone conversation just to kind of establish what the issue is and, and how I potentially could help. And then we would either have a, a session just to parents, you know, where we talk about the struggles. And I, I, think, it's, I think it's very important that the parents are on the same page yeah, because yeah. I, I, I see quite often, we have different parent styles, don't we? We have different core beliefs about how to deal with our own anxiety and our children's anxiety. But if we are going to help our children, I think it's really important that you come together as parents and mm. you're on the same page. Whether you totally are on the same page or not, doesn't because we, we're all our different people, aren't we? You know, my, yeah. you know, my kids... Uh, dads don't sort of necessarily parent the way I do and you don't have to do that but you need to come from the same angle yeah what do we want to achieve right. like you said yeah. what's the end result yeah it's more than one way of getting there but we need to kind of be on the same journey the common goal, you know? yeah. I think that's really interesting because I would say that when like when you and I had children you'd already had a daughter at this point so you were a few years ahead of yeah. us right but say Liberty and I when we had our children I feel like we were in this Gina Ford book <laughs> generation which yeah. I didn't get into oh, it because I knew I'm it would absolutely depress me not sure. but there were so many the baby yeah. whisperer yeah. this that and the other and when I, I remember being at home thinking oh my god am I completely overwhelmed with this advice yeah and then I don't know with some people like some people really got into it because they'd been at work so they had children rather you know a bit later yeah, yeah. and then they obviously the textbook was away because maybe their family wasn't around or something yeah. so by reading this book they felt like they were empowering themselves to be a parent yeah. in a different way yeah uh, and the thing with Gina Ford she never actually had children did she didn't and she that shut the front I door I didn't <laughs> even know that that cheeky cow I remember yeah. <laughs> and you know that woman yeah. made an absolute fortune yes, on books did, not to she? say that her advice obviously worked for some people wow but it didn't work for me. Actually, I have I have an absolute bugbear about Gina Ford uh, and those methods because it's like it, it's it, it's it's almost like it uh, made you into a prisoner in your own house. Actually. Yeah, and it, it is almost like it's, you're conditioning your children uh, into behaving a certain way. Yeah. Uh, so it's the kind of um, but that's what I mean. Yeah. As in, so we were. I think we were in a time of having babies when that was really that was everywhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was like the bugaboo. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but the, the book was mm. Gina Ford, you know. Yeah. What to expect when you're having a child. Yeah. It was another book, but yeah. that wasn't as that. That was quite good advice. But this mm. was like, you must shut the curtains in the yeah. daytime. And yeah. it was nap. a bit robotic. Yeah. And yeah. I was just, I remember actually reading it part way. Yeah. And my child just didn't follow the rules. And I was yeah. like, hey, he's not, why, why? You know, like, I'm just getting Stress really like, exactly. And then I went, and I think it was my husband who was like, Poof, put that out, put yeah. it in the bin, done, in, you know. I, I think if you listen to your instincts, okay, you, you can't go wrong. Because, I mean, I know it's bloody hard 
being a parent when your kid is on you 24/7 and you have to carry this baby around mm-hmm. and you can't sleep at night because my 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 uh, my last child my seven year old now for about three months he would only sleep on me on oh, my yeah. chest okay and I just thought I'm just gonna give in to this yeah and I'm just gonna do I'm just gonna give I'm gonna carry him around all day which I did in a sling carried him around all day in a sling oh. and I learned to to pop my boob out and breastfeed him in the sling I was a right old hippie for yeah. for, 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 a, for a couple of years and and um, and actually he's grown up to be the calmest of my children <laughs> because actually I was just like you know you what? threw out the rule book I yeah. threw out the rule yeah. book I didn't make him go to bed when uh, Gina Ford might have told me to I just thought oh he wants to hear my heartbeat he wants to be in his yeah. little papoos I'm just gonna do that and what beautiful and memories and it's, it was lovely and actually Oh, how, although in the beginning I was feeling like, oh my God, I've got no space, I need space. But actually, in the end, I was so much calmer listening yeah. to my instincts yeah. than listening to a book. Yeah. But I'm, I'm going back to that because I'm wondering if that kind of control, yeah, that kind of was a really media thing in mm-hmm. our time. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and how much influence does that really have on us as parents? Mm. You know, that, that yeah. could have really, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, 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 think, I think maybe. Maybe, I mean... Cause, I'm not yeah. saying it's for everything, but no. I do think... When I, when I look back at that mm. stage, I think, can you imagine if you followed everything? And people did. Mm. It was a multi-million pound best-selling book. And, and can I quickly... I mean, I don't know if this is half relevant, but my middle son, my 14-year-old, I did kind of controlled crying with him. Okay? Yeah. Which now I think it's not really what I would do at all okay I'm not a big fan of it at all but I did then because I'm like I don't know what to do I don't know what to do he won't go to bed mm-hmm. he later got diagnosed with ADHD that kind of <laughs> took kind of explained the non-sleeping bit uh, he grew up a very very anxious child you know and actually that very would explain anxious. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 because well, I actually did that to my, I did that to myself and, and you do what you think is best so yeah. let's not beat ourselves up about that that's not what I'm at, what I'm trying to say. No, I'm just no. saying that from my own experience, when I when I uh, compare my children, obviously they're different different personalities. But I've realised what uh, my child's got. My fourteen year old's got additional needs anyway. But when I did this, the, the he he that increased his anxiety, yeah. and I think it's followed him throughout. So, uh, throughout yeah. Mm. So just to um, really for parents now, we just want to leave them with some Jenny Pink tools. <laughs> okay. I mean, we will come back to you again. Yeah. But honestly, please do. I love, I love talking. Yeah. <laughs> I love talking. <laughs> what tools would you say? Just talking on the subject of parents mm-hmm. and children. You know, what tools can you give to some parents who are feeling quite anxious about? Uh, you know, the everyday. I yeah. Guess. Just you know, th- they might be thinking actually, where you know, I want to come to one of your workshops. Yeah. yeah. But for them now, mm. what would you give them as some takeaways? I would, uh, I would try and remember as a parent that the behaviour your child is uh, displaying, whether it's you know school refusal, whether it's uh, separation anxiety, whether it's anger, whether it's whatever, I would say that it's a reason for that. Their behaviour is serving them a reason. The behaviour is. Uh, a communication of something, okay? So when somebody has got separation anxiety, when someone, it's it's a reason for it. And instead of acting on the behavior or kind of kind of dragging them off, prying them off you and throwing them into school, which sometimes works, I, I have to, you know, if, if it's a, if it's not kind of real separation anxiety, for example, then being, it's like the tough love can sometimes work. But try not look at the symptom, try not look, because that's the top of the iceberg. 
you know, I, I love this kind of thing. Um, it's like an iceberg, and obviously you see all the, you see uh, things there like um, school refusal, anxiety, da, da, da. and then you look at the underneath the sea, um, you know, at the bottom of the iceberg, you have, uh, you have sort of trauma, you have uh, bullying, you have, um, you know, not sleeping well, da, 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 whatever. What you see, what the behavior you see is the top of the iceberg and it's absolutely something going on underneath. Right. And I think as parents, we just go, oh, my, my, my kid is behaving badly. Why is he behaving badly? He's disrespecting me and it's, it's, it's something I'm doing. No, it's not. It's something that's going on within your child right. that you as the parent would be, you know, the, the best thing you can do is trying to figure it out. So listening to your children, trying to figure out why they're behaving a certain way is a very good technique that I talk about in my workshop, which is co called um, collaborative proactive solutions, uh, which is which is basically a way of trying to dig because kids are really bad at talking about what's yeah, going on. I was going to say that. So if you go, if you go to my my fourteen and I ask, okay, so how was school? Mm. What's going on for you? Are you stressed? Mm, you know, so you, you you really don't get much. And from my seven-year-old, are you to get nothing? Luckily, they're not struggling too much at the moment. But if they were, and I was asking a straight, well, you know, why why are you anxious? I mean, it's no way that they would tell me, yes, mum, I'm anxious because yeah. so and so is happening. So there is a way. It's, it's a really kind of covert technique that you can do to uh, try and, uh, and it's from The Explosive Child, by the way, from Dr. Green. It's a really, really good book, okay? And it's about just kind of, you know, throw throw on the empath empathy and kind of, yeah, you know, I can see you're struggling, you're struggling, you know, I, I can feel for you and all of that. And then try to dig because kids don't speak well when you are asking them direct questions. They need it's to feel- too much for them, it's isn't too, it? It's too, they need to feel safe, they need to feel, need to feel listened to. That's why it usually happens before bedtime sometimes when kids feel like they're right. starting to relax, relax yeah. and all of a sudden everything yeah. come out. Yeah. Oh, so and so yeah. told me this today and she yeah. doesn't want to play so with true. me, you know. Yeah. It's because they're in that safe little kind of pre-sleep stage, you know. So um, I think the best thing you can do as parents to realize kids do not want to behave badly. Kids do not want to piss you off. Kids want to be loved and liked and well behaved and if they're not it's a reason for it yeah. and we as parents have got a responsibility to try and dig a little bit and figure out why they're behaving yeah. like that but not interrogate them not interrogate them and but it's, it's just keeping the communication open sometimes you know when i was a community nurse and i um most of the, my best work was done when I was driving the kids for a Costa coffee or for a Costa hot yeah. chocolate, right? Mm. Our therapeutic work was done in the car. When I didn't look at the child, yeah. when they didn't have to look me in the eyes, they were just sitting there, we were looking at the road, and all of a sudden when we were doing something else, everything came out. So I would say doing something with your child, spending quality time, like cooking, uh, yeah. cooking, throwing a ball about, doing all of that, you're more likely to get information from your child when you're doing something with them yeah. rather when you're asking them direct questions. Yeah, that's such good advice, So actually. that's that's the one bit of advice. That's would, really yeah. good because I think a lot of people get in the car straight away. How was school? How was school? Uh, what like, did you have for lunch? Yeah. Who did you talk to? Oh, Who did you come on. That was something. Oh, I don't know nothing about my kids. It, 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 you know, because they're exactly like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Jenny Pink, we're so in love with you. I think everyone listening. <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> everyone is so happy to have you on the tribe, Jenny. Oh, thank I think you. If people are um, interested, which they will be, and they want to find out more about you, where can we reach you? 
Well, I do have a Facebook group, which uh, is called The Mindful Pink Elephant. I do have a Facebook page. I've got an Instagram account that is The Mindful Pink Elephant. I have a website that is basically mindfulpinkelephant.co.uk. <laughs> I mean, I'm totally overusing The Mindful Pink Elephant. There, there is a story, too, why I called it The Mindful Pink Elephant, but, you know, that's for another time. But... I uh, yeah, so my website is pretty straightforward. Uh, you can email me there from there. It's like got like a little Link. fancy little button you press, and you can kind of email mm. me straight away. You yeah, know? and <laughs> you know I'm not technical at all. That's just somebody <laughs> made that for me. Um, so yeah, my mobile number is on there. Yeah. I'm always happy You're to take contactable. a phone. I'm contactable yeah. at any time. If I don't answer, leave a message. I'll ring you back. I'm always available for advice, uh, just for a chat or anything. And obviously, if you do it through the Facebook Messenger or whatever, then I can just pick it up whenever I have time. So yes, please contact me. Oh, if you, if you, if thank you. You, you are amazing. You I are. mean, there's so much more I want to talk to you about, but we're running out of time. Um, I'll call you tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to the next parenting workshop. Um, but thank you so much. Oh, thanks for having me. Thank you. I've Jenny, enjoyed it. Thank you.